0: Nuclear Submarine Officer, U.S. Navy JAG Corps Chief Legal Counsel, Commanding Officer of the Naval Justice School. The career of Associate Dean for Administration and Enrollment Shane Cooper is an impressive one, and we will dive into it today. This is Profiles' special series of the podcast The Legal Impact, where you get to know the powerhouse people at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. UNH Franklin Pierce is now accepting applications for J.D. and graduate programs. Learn more apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or hosts and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. So Shane, your career definitely stood out to me. This it was. Um, I've had a bunch of people with more academic backgrounds on this series so far, and uh, I was a little shocked to go down to all the way to the bottom of your LinkedIn profile and see nuclear submarine officers. So... Let's start off with what got you into the Navy to begin with. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, AJ, for having me. Uh, So I started off uh, in the Navy because of the Naval ROTC program in college. So my father was in the Navy. um, And so I knew about the military through that and my family experience. I applied for a ROTC scholarship and was able to be accepted to the Holy College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Mass with the program. So when you do a ROTC scholarship, you need to then provide five years of uh, committed service after that college education. And in my case, I chose submarines as the path. I was a math major, so it felt like a natural fit. Uh, I won't lie though, I was always interested in the law back in high school, but I sort of shelved that dream, if you will, for a while and uh, end up going into the nuclear submarine force. So when I joined the Navy, they put me through nuclear power training in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and then I was at a prototype training in Boston Spa, New York. And then I was a submarine officer for about five years.
0: That's super interesting. It's, uh, I mean, do you, are there any lessons from that time that basically helped you from a leadership perspective or reinforced your desire to get into the law? Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: It was interesting, going to nuclear power school was sort of a life altering event, required a lot of discipline, a lot of study, a lot of material being thrown at you in a short amount of time. And then working on a submarine where there really is zero room for error. You
0: can't mess up. It's (laughs) really bad.
1: You cannot mess that up. It's really bad for everybody. Uh, Living in that sort of environment where you rely on each other and sort of that mentality. It's interesting. I think it actually got me ready for law school because going through nuclear power training, the way in which we operate, uh, very rules-based, very focused on the details and sort of a way of thinking. It actually fit up uh, pretty well uh, with whatever happened uh, later on in my law school career. Uh, and, and just lessons on leadership as a really young officer, typically the Navy asks a lot of our young people on, on how to be a leader and really look out for your people. So I learned a lot of uh, lessons along the way. I'll always cherish my time in submarines. I also admire anyone who can do that for longer, uh, like a lifelong career. Uh, in my case, I went a different path.
0: So what made you make that step for, to leave that to go into law school?
1: Well, as I was going through the submarine career, which I enjoyed, uh, I also had remembered or kept thinking about the possible law as another avenue. So I was actually thinking about leaving the military at my five-year commitment and then going off to pursue law school. And in the Navy, I learned about the law education program. It's an opportunity for funded legal education. I went ahead and applied, was accepted in the program, and went off to law school and stayed in the Navy. So it was really the best of both worlds. I could be a naval officer, enjoy serving my country, but at the same time get the legal education and become an attorney. Uh, and then I moved into the JAG Corps from there.
0: What really stood out to you during law school to really make you continue to be in the JAG Corps?
1: I would say going to law school is very similar to going to nuclear power school. Another transformative experience where you head into someplace for about three years, and in my case, three years, which was just tremendous, right? Uh, the, in the 1L year, as you know, every professor is is really uh, helping you change maybe the way your brain works, think about uh, um, things in a new light, really going with a rigid, a rigid approach at how you... Um, study the law and approach problems, and working with both facts and law as you work through issues. So I thought I had already learned a lot, and then I even learned that my, that, that my way of approaching life and thinking could even be broadened further. So that's what I find so valuable about the law school experience. And when I see new students show up to our school, understanding and watching them go through that transformation is really gratifying.
0: Yeah, it, you don't really think about it on the onset, but you consider if you're a lawyer, you're representing other people. You're leading someone to be able to navigate through the legal system, whether it's uh, the intellectual property side where you're filing forms and it's more uh, paperwork driven, or you're in a courtroom defending someone from the criminal perspective. It's uh, it must have been an easy. It, it must have really been helpful with that career before that to kind of continue that path.
1: It was, and the thing that you learn as you join the legal profession is this heightened sense of responsibility and accountability that you share. And I already had a feeling of that with my past career, but it was really driven um, in a different way when you join the legal profession. And so that's another thing that has been interesting to me to, to watch here. We may admit students in their early 20s, maybe their first professional experience. We admit students who are in their late 40s and up to 70 years old who have been professionals all of their lives the common theme for all of those students that come to a law school for the first time is being really hit with a new way of thinking or another rigorous approach in this profession, which is unlike no other. Uh, So I think it's a transformative experience for anyone who joins law school
0: what's your advice to anyone that wants kind of a some not necessarily the background before he went into law school but your law school career with regards to they want to go into the jag corps or other military related uh, legal aspects I mean, what sort of advice or tips would you uh, offer
1: Sure. So f- first of all, when they get to law school, uh, express that interest early and start researching. What's wonderful is that if you get started early with the, uh, the armed services and those in that legal profession, there are typically internship opportunities. I strongly recommend that anyone's interested in possibly being a judge advocate would look into an internship. You can do those as early as your first summer or your second summer. And typically I find people that do the internship, it's really two benefits. One is it's a great testing experience for them to see if this is really what uh, would be something they'd want to pursue for a while. And then second, it typically uh, is an opportunity for the armed services branch to learn more about you and increase your chances of um, being selected for a commission based on your performance during the internship.
0: It's just like a business. There's only so many people they can accept into these roles.
1: Absolutely. yeah, It's pretty competitive. But what I have found is more success with those uh, students who do the internship. Um, and so um, fortunately, you know, with someone like me here as a judge advocate I'm, I'm, or former judge advocate, I'm happy to sit down with anyone uh, to help uh, talk them through that possibility uh, and then help them with the application process.
0: So you've, once again, looked through your LinkedIn. There's there's lots of roles, which seems to be pretty common with people there in the military. You move around a bit over time as there's needs in different areas. Uh, gloss over a bit. What was your career path through the JAG Corps?
1: Sure. So the first uh, uh, judge advocate assignment I had was uh, in Pensacola, Florida as a prosecutor, which is a typical first assignment working in some form of military justice, uh, and I also provided some command services advice, a little bit like in, in-house counsel. Mm-hmm. So I really learned how to be an attorney at the beginning in, a, in an initial role, which is similar to most of your entry-level uh, uh, positions when you first get in the military. So I really learned uh, some of the basics of practice. I also uh, advised some clients with legal assistance matters as well. Um, after that first tour, I went off to, back to the submarine force of all places, as an in-house counsel, or what they call a staff judge advocate. Uh, to a submarine group in Bangor, Washington. And uh, it's there that set sort of a path, at least in my career, a theme of doing in-house counsel, staff judge advocate roles. So if one can think about being a corporate
0: Counsel. Yeah, so I was about to say. All, right. all the roles you're saying sound very familiar to corporate attorneys.
1: <laughs> yes, just add the military part of that. Exactly. So I would be responsible for running a small legal office that handled all of the things that you would imagine most organizations or corporations would manage, and you're doing it for the principal leader, the admiral in this case. You'd advise on disciplinary matters, um, EEO complaints that may arise, Privacy Act questions or Freedom of Information Act uh, uh, questions. Uh, there may be some mishaps and collisions and investigations internally are required so as an in-house counsel you provide advice on the whole range of things which is why I highly advise any new uh, law student who wants to make a, a legal you know wants to advance their legal profession spending four or five years in the military at the beginning just um, exposes you to a broad array of legal matters that will make you a competent and well-regarded attorney out on the outside if you do choose to move on to a civilian career
0: and I mean what what made you keep Uh, going with the the Corps over that such a large amount of time? Um, I would say for me, uh, it's about the teamwork and being part of a cause
1: greater than myself. Uh, Being part of a team and then serving this greater cause is just something that will keep you motivated to stay throughout. Uh, So, you know, I moved on from my Staff Judge Advocate role at Submarine Group 9. I worked at a carrier strike group and we were able to deploy as a group getting ready for deployment. And then um, following through in that training um, in uh, combat zones and, and uh, overseas in the Western Pacific, and I really enjoyed being part of that team. Um, later on in your career, as you move on, you'll kind of unfortunately get off the deck plates, and now you head up to the headquarters. So I'd work at Third Fleet, and I'd be helping some of the younger attorneys in those roles in the field and advising them and then helping you know the Third Fleet Admiral in that case uh, with uh, the supervision, oversight, and training of the forces on the, the West Coast. Eventually, uh, I would move on to a regional legal service office in our Northwest as the second officer there in charge, um, helping out all of those new judge advocates, much like I was back in Pensacola, uh, getting their feet wet with the practice. Um, and then I ended up in Fifth Fleet in Bahrain, which is just a wonderful overseas experience, dealing with all sorts of issues there, of course. Um, and then uh, taking you home here on my last, on the career in the Navy, my last job was at Naval Justice School in Newport, Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, I mean, that must have been a, a shift for you. You, you unfortunately uh, got in at kind of the worst possible time when you look at the global stage of uh, late 2019, and uh, that must have been uh, trial by fire with regards to, to that, but it's um before I get into that just just super quickly I mean what what is a standout experience during your time in the JAG Corps like this like this is the reason why I I really look back on being like this is something I greatly enjoyed
1: wow that's a great question you're bringing to mind about probably five or six experiences in my head I would say that every job I had you could typically count on one intriguing event that kind of made you know came home to you as to why you you do what you do because not every day right is exciting um so if i could boy if i could just pick any one event um i would say that back on the john c stennis we had an interesting event where a piracy attack had happened while i was on board the carrier it was a sunday we were doing replenishment and it called away uh, in ship's reporting systems was a piracy attack. Um, and so we had uh, trained for possible events like that, and we responded. There were rules of engagement questions. There were questions of international law. There were different responses we had trained for. All of those worked out, I thought. Um, you know, I'm biased, of course. I thought it worked out really well. We actually were able to interdict the event um, safely. Uh, There were some Iranian fishermen that were freed from some uh, Somali pirates that had uh, been involved in the attack on an Iranian fishing vessel. Um, Ultimately, it required this investigation after, which I was uh, asked to marshal up, uh, which was really sort of an ad hoc um, event with NCIS. We were able to put together the investigative paperwork. We were able to safely hold those pirates in detention for a period of time, um, ultimately transferred them over uh, to the Seychelles government, and uh, and eventually uh, effectuated a criminal prosecution at trial uh, for these um, individuals. All of the different moving pieces that had to make that happen and all the quick thinking and all the training um, really was a gratifying event for me professionally to work through that. Plus it's one of the strangest, most unique situations ever, right? So I can always look back on the Navy and and I could tell you that there's probably five or six of those type of stories uh, wherever I was serving. that I can think back, uh, and be proud about how I was part of a bigger team and, and
0: doing good work. That's amazing. So that must've been a big transition to go from, from that, that side of things to academia. I mean, was that just a job fell into the lap sort of thing where it was kind of like, I, I want to have a more steady location to live, uh, or was it, uh, academia and spe- specifically was interesting to you? I mean, what, what led to this change?
1: Well, I think I mentioned briefly that I was at Naval Justice School my last uh, uh, tour in the Navy. And at Naval Justice School, we were in charge of all legal education and training for all of our newest judge advocates in the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and our paralegals. Um, And as you get towards the end of one's career, particularly in the military service, you start to think about, how can I give back? How can I help others that that are going to be coming into the service? And that was just a a wonderful mission. I just enjoyed it a, a lot. But as you, as you know, then the pandemic hits, and we had to pivot and had to work through it all. And what I found about being in charge of an organization like that was just how important it was to deliver good legal training to our judge advocates, our paralegals. And we also would train executive officials on compliance uh, with the law. So knowing I had that interest, uh, quite frankly, as you say, things falling into place— um, I saw the opportunity come up here with UNH Franklin yeah. Pierce, and I studied a bit more about the school. I saw how there was a, a focus and an orientation on providing a good legal education to our students, the best possible one, uh, getting them ready for practice. And, uh, and then as, as a way of bit of background, I grew up in the New England area. My wife was from New Hampshire. It just seemed like a, a really good fit. So um, working through the search process and learning more about the institution Every time I met a new staff member or a faculty member through that process, it just cemented for me that that was a good place to be. And so when you and it all always has to wrap up in the military, it's it's sort of a younger person's uh, uh, adventure. Um, I can't think of a better way to start a second career, but to work with law students um, to to essentially give back and help these new law students form up their own professional identity and get them ready for practice.
0: And you get to know the individual students a lot more than you may not see at the uh, Naval Justice School, I'd imagine. I mean, is is that, um, like professionally and personally, is that a little more fulfilling to be able to like, okay, I can see this student I met is now here and will be graduating in three years?
1: Absolutely. So my last experience, I usually get 10 weeks. I would get 10 weeks with the student after they've graduated law school, after they've passed the bar. So I would see the product of all the various law schools out there in the country, and then I would work with them to get them ready for practice in about 10 weeks along with our team. Um, here though, with that three years of time, um, just forming um, relationships and meeting each of the students and working with them is really going to be a gratifying experience. And just watching their growth over a period of time has been helpful. And then I'd also just briefly mention just uh, the number of veterans I have run across yeah. here at our school.
0: We do have a lot, especially if you look historically I mean, the first class, the, I mean, we had many from there that were Vietnam vets that were, were here it's all the way back. Yeah, well, I have to
1: say, just talking with the veterans, and then uh, I've uh, been uh, helping Professor Levy as a co-advisor of the Veterans Law Society. Um, you know, of course, it's sort of a special place in my heart, right, for, for veterans. Um, of, of course, I am looking out for all of our students, but it is nice to run across a veteran here and there, share some experiences, and uh, look out for them as they're heading into their next career.
0: Looking forward, I mean, what, is, what is exciting to you uh, for where the school's going? I feel like the, the school is always changing in some way. It's, uh, we're small and we pivot a lot and we're interested in uh, what's coming up. Hence, we have the hybrid program and such. I mean, what excites you going forward being here?
1: Well, that, like, that culture that you just described, the way the spirit of innovation at this school was another thing that uh, really excited me about uh, UNH Franklin Pierce. Um, I like the idea of taking risk, looking into what's possible and trying it, accepting some margin of failure if you need to, as you uh, sort of break a few eggs along the way when you innovate. Uh, but that spirit of innovation is, is definitely part of the DNA of the school. And that's what I enjoy so, for, so far, what I've seen and what I'm really excited to be a part of is the growth of this hybrid program, then stabilizing that growth. And as we bring in each successive class and start to graduate the classes and build that alumni network of your hybrid, but at the same time doing what we've always done well, which is the residential JD program, I'm excited about bringing graduate students back after some limits on travel with the pandemic. We've got uh, several international students back on campus who, who bring their own... Um, uh, culture, identity, values, the uh, diversity to our uh, student body that really adds to this rich fabric of different groups here at the school. So, being a part of a team here to help um, set that path that's already been uh, laid out, uh, while at the same time looking at new ways to innovate, and then being part of that team to pioneer that particular venture wherever that may be, that's going to be exciting for me.
0: Yeah, but one minute left. What's life outside of the the law school for you?
1: So New Hampshire is wonderful. Um, I uh, just moved here to the area, right, to start with this academic year. Um, my family and I have settled in. Um, I just love the scenery here. The, um, the weather is starting to turn cold, <laughs> but I actually don't mind that. The four seasons, uh, the people have just been wonderful and friendly. Um, Concord is a beautiful town. Um, just getting into this area has just been wonderful. So I'm just looking forward to the, the rest of the seasons uh, um, along the way.
0: Well, we're excited to have you on board. Associate Dean for Administration Enrollment, Shane Cooper. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, AJ. Thanks for listening to Profiles, a special series of The Legal Impact, presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To help for a word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, be sure to check out law.unh.edu slash podcast to get all the back episodes of the show.